Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. The Houston Astros have clinched their division. Verlander is back looking great. I guess head coach of the Boston Celtics. Is he? Is he not? Will he be? Won't he be? And there's a day that comes when you know this is my last happy day. Texas Southern wasn't having it. Andrew Body wasn't having it. Coach Clarence McKinney wasn't having it. Quite frankly, I wasn't led to Alabama State. I was told by my daddy I was going to Alabama State. <laughs> told my daddy was going to make sure I graduated and make sure I go to church. I was screaming. The neighbors was trying to find out what was going on and my wife was trying to do something and told me to be quiet and I told her to get out and all of that. I wish I loved something in life the way these Cowboy fans love the Dallas Cowboys. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. You know, ladies and gentlemen, star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you are joining us for another episode. And I want to send a big shout out to all the people who are joining us for the very first time. We hope to become a part of your podcast menu. So shouts out to you guys. Shouts out to all of the folks who listen to every episode, who like, tweet, share, talk about us around the water cooler. We certainly want to send a big shout out to you. And also a big shout out to all the people who are working on their career. Christmas short set ensemble because with global warming, it looks like we're headed for 90 degree Christmases all over the continental United States. I mean, that may be an exaggeration, but yeah, still hot in Houston, which is not totally uncommon. But yeah, it's hotter longer, although we've had mild mornings. So there is your weather update on the greater Houston area. But thanks so much for joining us. We have some great stuff coming up for you. But first, let me tell you ways that you can become interactive. You can call us 24 hours a day and leave a message on our sports line, 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. You can talk about anything. You can ask questions make comments we have a we the people segment coming up this episode and it's from those calls to the sports line but again 832-941-6614 you can also join the sports talk with devin wade group page on facebook they're postings every day somebody's posting something every day i'll post poll questions from time to time some interesting conversation starters are on there as well a great place to just be a part of this community that we've created and also you can follow me on twitter at Wade's Word. Well, coming up this time out, we have the We the People segment that I mentioned. We have on the monoword for the big dummy. We have our guy from the Defending Network, Terrence Harris. He'll join in. And of course, we will have some Sports E with Life on Lock. So all that's coming up and our resident DJ and a whole lot more. So that's coming up. So let's get started. Let's get this thing rolling with a few headlines. In headlines, well, I have been all over the place with football. Of course, doing Texas Southern Tiger football, and we'll get into that. But it's all about Astros baseball, except they don't get started till next week because they are the number one seed in the American League. The marathon is over. The sprint begins as the Astros try to race towards another World Series appearance and a sixth straight appearance in the ALCS. Dusty Baker has his team rolling, finishing with 100 
and three wins on the season. Justin Verlander will probably get the Cy Young. 18 wins for him. So he, I mean, this is this is so exciting, and I just want to feel the energy from you guys, and I want to send it out because, hey, we have to get around, uh, uh, rally around these Houston Astros. They're doing their thing, and they await the winner of the Mariners Blue Jays series. So the okay, so if you don't know, there was an additional team added in each league. So now uh, there are 12 teams in the playoffs, and the Astros and the Yankees have a bye. And there are four three-game wild card series that kick off uh, the best of three that start tonight. So that's happening. So baseball is it. So I know with all of the stuff with the NFL and the NBA, which I think let's prioritize this stuff. Although the NBA continues to sort of make headlines. Draymond punched his teammate and LeBron wants a team in Las Vegas. Although they do that little stuff, they make their noise. We need to just make sure we put preseason basketball on the back, back burner because you have the NFL, you have college football. You have Major League Baseball playoffs. We got time, okay? We, we won't go to the playoffs until next spring in basketball. So we have time. Let's not let's not overdo it on the basketball thing. I know, I know we have some basketball heads, and I get it, but nah. Let's talk about baseball and the NFL and then some college football. So let me tell you about last week, okay? Last week, Texas Southern took on Eddie Robinson. Yeah, the same Eddie Robinson that's been on the podcast forever, part of the special teams unit. And I guess the special teams unit member emeritus. <laughs> is that is that a thing? Although he'll be making his return at some point. But yeah, he is the head coach of Alabama State. His team came in to take on Texas Southern. And I had a chance to talk to him, did the pregame interview, had some conversations with him leading up to that game. And uh, we were leading. Texas Southern was leading until halfway through the fourth quarter. And then the Alabama State scored, took the lead, and just uh, – it was really a crazy game. There were a lot of penalties. It was a lot of trash talk. The trash talk ensued before the game. And it looked like, man, they really baited TSU into getting a bunch of penalties. And those things were costly in a lot of different ways. TSU hadn't been a penalty-laden team a lot over the last couple of years. But, yeah, this was a bad game on that front. And I looked at Eddie's team, and I'm like – is this dude running two and three tight ends and an H-back? And so I had a chance to see him after the game. And I'm like, I see you with that old Jeff Fisher-ass offense. Of course, he played for Jeff Fisher and the Titans. Jeff Fisher is a defensive player, was a defensive player and a defensive coach. Okay, so that's who he was as a coach. He was not an offensive innovator. He was not an offensive mind. He was a grounder and pounder and just, let me put this in perspective for you. When Jeff Fisher took over for Jack Party. For the Houston Oilers. This is kind of ancient history, but for those of you who know, they know. The Oilers ran the run and shoot. Okay, four they passed on every play. Okay, you had, I mean, obviously you had Gary Brown, Lil White, you had uh, some guys, Alan Pinkett, Alonzo Highsmith. You had guys that run the ball and run the ball successfully. And I'm sure I'm forgetting about a couple of guys, but they were a pass first, second, third team. They, they just, I mean, they innovated the game and opened it wide open. So Jeff Fisher, when he took over, it was a Monday night game after party was fired. And I want to say he ran the ball 21 times in a row. And I don't mean he ran it 21 times in a row because they were successful runs. I mean, he did it to prove a point. So that tells you who Jeff Fisher was. 
Jeff Fisher, Eddie Robinson played with Jeff Fisher for a number of years, went to the Super Bowl with Jeff Fisher on the defensive side as a linebacker, played against the Rams in the Super Bowl, and that's the philosophy apparently he has adopted. Now, don't get me wrong. They do a lot of things similar to what we see in the swag, but they do them out of different formations, But and they have like heavy, heavy personnel. They were really, really big. I thought personally that was a factor in the fourth quarter. Uh, not early on as much. I think more importantly, his team was really good in the trenches, and they take on Jackson State this week for homecoming, and uh, there's a lot of noise over there. For our part, we lose, and now we go to Pine Bluff to take on the Golden Lions. I'll be in Arkansas for that game. So I've been doing that. So I do games on Saturdays, and then, of course, I go to the Texans when they're home. Went out to see the Texans last week against the Los Angeles Chargers. It's still not easy to say Los Angeles Chargers, especially when you have – there were a lot of fond memories of the San Diego Chargers team. They just never won a Super Bowl. But they went to one, got blown out, but they went to one. So uh, looking at the team, the Texans, it's very frustrating to look at that team because offensively they struggled for so long. Then they had the big 75-yard touchdown run by Damian Pierce, the rookie running back, and then they had the long completion. They did some things, and they sort of made it look like a game. I never felt like the Chargers were in trouble per se, but they did make it a game. But it's going to be a tough, tough season, and I think it's going to be a lot tougher than I first initially talked about. I thought that, I mean, really, they're still doing what I said that they would do. Sort of muck up games, not look really good, not let the opponent look good, not really get blown away. They're the only team in the NFL without a win. And they look to, it's going to get tough this week because they go to Jacksonville. And that's Jacksonville used to pencil that in. Well, not never in this division, but that was not supposed to be a matchup where, you you know, we may not. And I don't think that they're favorites. I don't. I didn't look at the line. I think that Jacksonville is clearly favorite in that game. It's just going to be a long season, and they just don't have any offensive weapons. They have Damian Pierce, the rookie running back, who is emerging. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. We don't know. But so far, so good, I guess, for a rookie. And so you don't have a marquee running back. You don't have a number one receiver. Your best receiver is Brandon Cooks. And he's a solid NFL player, speedster. He can make plays for you. But outside of that, you don't have anybody of significance, anybody that would would drum up fear in the opposition. I mean, not that you can scare any secondary in the NFL anyway, but they're not up at night thinking about how we are going to defend Nico Collins. Although, again, he can make plays. Anybody in the NFL can make plays. So they just don't – at the tight end position, they don't have a a tight end that is a – a marquee guy that will emerge as an offensive threat. They have O.J. Howard, who's kind of past his prime. He's made some contributions inconsistent with how they've been able to involve him in the offense. I know because I drafted him on DraftKings. <laughs> so <laughs> I know the good weeks and the bad weeks, uh, and I'm staying away from him because you never know. But, again, uh, it's going to be a tough year. Around the NFL, NFL is crazy. Last night's Thursday night game was insane. It was as ugly a game as I sat and watched. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually watched the entire game, and it was that bad, and then it went into overtime. Matt Ryan, who I thought would lead the Indianapolis Colts to a division title, looks old, looks broken down, 
looks like he is ready to retire. And that offensive line is absolutely horrible. And they're going to get this man beat up. And he'll be in a wheelchair by the time he does announce his retirement. I mean, they were atrocious up front. And Denver's defensive front did work. But then Russell Wilson, sort of, and that coaches that blows the game. He missed the open receiver in overtime on a fourth and one, which they did not run the ball. Just they are in trouble in Denver. Neither of these quarterbacks have performed the way that I thought they would. I do think Ryan has more offensive line issues. And, again, he has the one receiver, Michael Pittman. And other than that, he doesn't really have a lot to throw to in the running game. I mean, you have injuries. You have a marquee running back in Jonathan Taylor, but he didn't play last night. And then Hines, the backup, he got concussed, and he was out of the game. So, yeah, if you're not going to be able to run that ball, it's going to be a long season for the Indianapolis Colts. But they come away with a win. And, boy, social media was brutal on Russell Wilson last night. And it was just – I recommend if you want to entertain yourself with some of the cruelest stuff out there on Twitter, uh, just look for Russell Wilson's name on Twitter. So there's that. So swag is going on. U of H is struggling in football. Astros getting ready. We'll talk baseball next episode for sure as we get ready for the playoffs. The playoffs will probably be just underway next time we come to you. But, again, give me your thoughts on any of that and whatever else you want to get into. 832-941-6614. When we come back, we are going to check out some Sports E. We have a We the People segment. And, of course, we have a Lamont Award in our conversation with Terrence Harris. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast podcast anywhere you get your podcast your children are the most precious gift god has given you their well-being is of the utmost importance and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is well non-negotiable so why not end your search at brighter brains learning center located in stafford texas brighter brains is a licensed family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love safety and quality care for children ages six weeks to five years old for more information call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org welcome back to sports talk to reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wade'sWord. Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. I talked about the running back Hines for the Indianapolis Colts being concussed last night. Two consecutive Thursday nights where concussions were in play. Hadn't had a chance to comment on the Tua Tungavailoa situation with the concussions, consecutive concussions. Like, so, well, apparently, maybe, maybe not. So on the Sunday prior to last Thursday, he was knocked down, and maybe you know all of this by now. He was woozy getting up, and it looked like he was concussed then. But they said, no, it was a back injury. Got back in the game, played well, and then he started Thursday night. Thursday night, slung to the ground, slammed against the turf. And he certainly had a concussion that night. And it was so bad in appearance that it just sent everybody, the sports media and the general public, everybody was in an uproar like, oh, my gosh, do you see what happened to him? And he seized up. And for those of us who watch combat sports, like boxing, 
MMA. I don't watch MMA a lot, but we've seen knockouts where guys seize up and that leg will lift in the air or they'll raise their hands in front of their heads as a natural defense mechanism, but they're out, they're out cold. And that's kind of what happened to Tua. And a couple of things occurred to me, like people were acting like we haven't seen this before because we certainly have. We've seen guys with really horrendous injuries on the field. It was bad seeing his hands clenched up the way that they were. That was not a good look for a family-friendly Thursday night viewing on Prime where they're paying, what, $67 million a game. I think that's what the numbers come out to for the Thursday night package. So it's not what you want to see. But I'm just really surprised at how appalled everybody was after the fact that he was playing. Because if he didn't play, a lot of these same folks who were appalled that he had, to, you know, he was playing on Thursday, they would have been like, well, hey, he's fragile, he's glass, he's never available, this team needs him, all of that stuff. And nobody's talking about the fact that Thursday night games are still not healthy for NFL players. If you remember, when the Thursday night games first got started, everybody was like, Hey, that's not good for the players. The turnaround time is going to make for bad football. For the most part, we've kind of overcome most of the bad football, although you can't tell by last night's performance. The What, what was the 9-6 game or whatever whatever the final 12-9 game? You can't tell by, by how horrible that game was played. But the body's not made to recover from NFL games that quickly. And the fact that these guys do it Thursday in and Thursday out, and obviously the teams rotate, but it's a tall task to have to do that. And so I put a lot of the blame on, first of all, he would have been had a concussion if he had not had a concussion on Sunday. And we don't know officially if he had a concussion. Now, I guess neurologists are taking all kinds of looks at his brain and his injuries and all of that. But if you get slung down on your head, he's a smaller guy. And that was a D lineman that slung him down. Yeah, you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have a concussion. I mean, that's gonna happen. And the thing about it is that we just cannot get away from is football is a violent game, and that's part of the appeal for both the players and the fans. Certainly for the fans, that is the appeal. For many many years, they will release videos on VHS or DVD, the NFL's biggest hits. And they sold that and made money off of that. And obviously we know more now and we know about the injuries and the long-term damage. I have so many NFL friends, former NFL players, and they have a lot of different ailments. Some of them are worried seriously about cognitive issues. But let's not pretend that football isn't what it is because it's a violent game. And you're going to see stuff like that from time to time. I just think that we need to be consistent in our critiquing of the game. If you are appalled that he played Thursday night, why were you not appalled or you should have been appalled before the game? Not after he got hurt again. So just a little bit of consistency with that. Give me your thoughts on that. 832-941-6614. For more content, go to WaysWordProductions.com. Time for We the People. We the people. Hey, I, I
By now, you know that the We the People segment is when we go to you guys. We check the sports line and get your thoughts. And I'll tell you, it's a much more entertaining show. And it gives me an opportunity to touch on different topics that you guys are interested in when you call. So if you've never called before, feel free. You don't have to be an expert on anything. You can make a request. You can be an expert if you are. If you are, you have something to say. Hey, call and say it. We want to hear from you because the shows are better when we get an opportunity to hear from you guys. Let's hear what we have this time out on the phone lines. Hey, man, this is Fernell Harvey. Just a couple of uh, takes based upon the last episode. I mean, it's like, first of all, uh, as, far as, the, as far as the Celtic situation is concerned, I feel bad for me alone because uh, that's it's just terrible, that kind of humiliation in Minnesota Republic. So I really feel bad for her more so than anything else. Um, looking at the Brett Favre and, and that welfare scandal, they should have a lot of cats in jail right now. Because if it was brothers, they would already have them lined up and, and all other kinds of stuff. And then the last thing is, is that I, ha- I have a question. Is that what do you think the, the Saints need to do in order to really get this thing turned around? Because the, the defense has been pretty solid and they have to do way too much than what they should. And then the offense is just it's just underachieving. So just uh, I would love to hear your take on it. And as always, love the show. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Purnell, for checking in. We certainly always appreciate your input and you taking out time to call. So let's talk a little bit about these in the order in which he brought these things up. So you talk about Ime Udoka and the Nia Long situation, how it plays. It's playing out in public, and she is the big loser in this situation. Seemingly, I mean, she's a victim. Let me say this. She's not the loser because, obviously, he his choices made him the loser in the situation, but she is the victim of this situation. And it's always awful to have these things played out in public because especially with social media they blow these things up and twist and contour it's just not a fun place to be and that's why being a celebrity is not as much fun as it used to be i think of course this will be an opportunity for her to when she's ready to reemerge as a, a victor out of this situation, as a survivor of this, these sorts of transgressions against her and her kids. Because, again, the kids were involved. So, you know, maybe a book down the road, maybe some appearances that will uh, help her process this issue and really get her narrative out there in the public. Side note on the alone, I have a picture somewhere. Um, many, many years ago, I have a picture with her. We were in Los Angeles for a taping of a television show that was, was syndicated around the country. And what's bad, and this was pre-phones, so this, I mean, so you, you got one shot. You get one camera shot. And I happen to be, I'm not saying I was shooting my shot, but whatever I was saying, I was saying something to her in the middle of the picture. She was smiling. I was mid-phrase, and the picture just came out. It's not a good picture of me. Obviously, she's a has always been an attractive lady. But, yeah, I'm not saying I was shooting my shot. But I was doing that thing that I did back in those days. So I'm, I'm not – so there's that. But hopefully all of that stuff will – I don't think – the more that's starting to leak out, I don't think he'll ever coach for the Celtics again. And we'll have to see how that plays out. And by the time the public gets a hold of it, it's going to be it's gonna be worse than what it is now. So uh, let's uh, hope all of that stuff works itself out for the best for all involved. He talked a little bit about the Brett Favre situation, which – He's right. If these were all black people, a bunch of them would have have gone to jail already. So a bunch of them will likely go to jail. The question about Brett Favre is technically, there are two different issues with him. If he took money to perform a service that he did not perform, 
That's fraud. You know who else is caught up in all of this? Uh, for wrestling fans, Ted DiBiase and his son. Now, they are going to jail because they took money to perform uh, camps or some sort of service for underserved youth, and they never did those things but took the money. So they are likely going to jail. Far from what we know so far. Now, I know he was supposed to get money for PSAs. I don't know if that... Some of those, these things I'm not quite clear on. What is clear is that he is... He's a, a low-down individual. He's just... He's a low-character individual like so many others that put themselves before the needs of the masses. And he was already rich. And so, I don't know what we expected of him. Like, we expect all of these things of our athletes. You want those guys to be good guys. But some of them are good guys, and a lot of them are like him. I mean, we already know, like, some of the stuff he's done. He, he wasn't really a, a quote-unquote good guy when he was playing. I mean, he just wasn't. And he wasn't – I mean, he has a lot of issues. Now, a lot of what I hear or have read is has been about him trying to persuade officials who actually control the purse strings to do stuff. Now – is that, I mean, I have to, I don't know the federal statute on that and if that's a federal crime. But if so, he could be going to jail. His image is, is dinged forever and he is not a person that anybody's going to want to deal with, especially like uh, anybody that's a minority wouldn't want to deal with him, I would imagine. So there's that. And finally, he asked about the Saints. The Saints, the Saints offense, the issue is injuries. Jameis, Kamara, Thomas, these guys are in and out. So if they can get healthy, if James cannot, if he doesn't turn over the football, they can win some of these games, but it's still really early. If these guys can stay healthy in jail offensively, I think they'll be in the mix. I mean, they can play Tampa tough. That's a horrible division, although Atlanta won a game last week. But you have Atlanta and Carolina, you're going to, you know, you you should fare okay. You can beat Tampa. You have one more matchup with them. I'm not saying that they're going to make a playoff run, but they could conceivably if that defense continues to play like they are and they don't turn over their football. So let's see what's next. Hi, Devin. It's Melanie. I just wanted to speak on the Brett Favre situation. I contemplated which angle I wanted to talk about to talk about the type of character or lack thereof that a person would have to have regardless of who he or she uh, is or what they uh, do for a living. That's the obvious. You would have to be a low-down, dirty, entitled person to do such a despicable thing. But I I was really um, wanted to talk about the way that the media is covering or not covering this just tragedy as opposed to when Jameis Winston, a college student, stole, I think, like $35, $40 worth of lobster. I remember seeing that story on the evening news. I heard about this this despicable act of Brett Favre's, which I believe was not the very first time he received money from the government that was earmarked for the people of Mississippi, the same people that they call welfare queens that they talk about and drag through the mud for getting government assistance. Uh, I, I saw this on a cable news network, and I just think it is disgusting how um, major outlets, sports outlets, have barely spoken on this, reported on this, but it just, again, underscores that we continue to live in two Americas and that 
that when we talk about the issue, can you separate who a person is off the court field as to who they are? Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast audience. Have a blessed day. Thanks, Melanie. I really appreciate the call and the thoughtfulness uh, that went behind it and the restraint because I know Melanie. So she could take it next level, but I certainly appreciate the call. It gives me an opportunity to talk about a lot of things. So let's talk a little bit about the two Americas. We, we certainly know that. We know that that was so clearly drawn during COVID. Who was forced to work? Who was disregarded? Who really made money? There were a lot of rich people that made a lot of money while a lot of people had to risk their lives and lose their lives being on the front lines. So we certainly live in, in two Americas. And let me say this. In America, there is an, a contempt for poor people. If you look at it, I mean, it's just it's a shame. It's, it really is a shame because you have one party that really does not want to help anybody but themselves and their friends. And it's so obvious that we need to get involved with voting. Who were the officials that he was appealing to to try to get this money? Who was he trying to get to give him money? Were they politicians that were his buddies? Yeah, that's what it was. That good old boys, right? So what we have to do is get those kinds of people out of office. You have to get involved and pay attention because they are doing stuff like this every day. Brett Favre is a name. And the reason why he's not getting more media attention is for a couple of reasons. One, he hadn't played in like 12 years. Two is because we don't we don't find sort of white collar crimes salacious enough. And, and we even see it on our local news. There are people who are stealing and doing things and, and misappropriating funds all day long, every day. That doesn't get the coverage like an armed robber or a break-in or if it bleeds, it leads. You have to have nuanced discussions about explaining who did what, how they did it, why it's egregious, all of those things that the media doesn't want to deal with. It's so easy to just have clickbait and say, oh, somebody said something about something like the Adoka situation. It's so easy. You don't you don't have to really work at it. It's oh man cheats on his wife with a subordinate. That's easy. But let's talk a little bit about how this got to be. How did you get a guy who is worth millions of dollars? How does he have the ability and the access to try to take money from people who really, really need it? So it's a terrible, terrible situation. I do think that the way to, to manipulate change is have diversity in newsrooms. And also, we have to click on those stories, share those stories, call the podcast, call and, and illuminate these sorts of stories, and they'll get more coverage. That's a constant thing about a lot of different issues where we need more coverage. But we need to pay attention because, A, there's a contempt for poor people and there are people in the highest offices in the in the land that do the same things so while Brett Favre deserves whatever he gets including jail time he deserves all of that he's one of millions out there that would do the same thing that would steal from people who really need it look at where they 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 try to appropriate funding in this country why do we not have paid family leave why do we not have a lot of things, a, a, a basic living minimum wage? Why do you not want to pay? Why, why is it a problem to raise the minimum wage? Why is that a problem? That's I mean, why you, you complain about anything to help. If you look at what the, the, the tax breaks they gave during COVID and the resources that they gave businesses during COVID and they complained about giving out $1,500 to everybody. 
Like, it's bizarre that we are not more offended by all of these sorts of things. But I'm saying what happened in Mississippi is happening in Texas. Look at the power grid. Look at look at all of the things. Who makes money from state government? And who is responsible for assigning those funds? We can look in our own backyard, and we should be paying attention. The election is less than a month away. We need to be on that. We need to be engaged and involved and pissed off because it's terrible what we do to the people we need to help most. It's incredible, and, and, and I don't, I don't want to keep going on. So let me dial it back. Because the more I talk about it, the more worked up I get. But give me your thoughts on that, 832. Give me your thoughts on Melanie. And uh, the final thing she talked about was separating the art from the artist, the player from the person. And that's a struggle that we've had to have a lot of over the last few years. Whether it's Harvey Weinstein or going back away, Roman Polanski or Bill Cosby or R. Kelly. We're constantly, and now email Doka and Brett Favre, I mean, again, I think we knew what he was a long time ago. But give me your thoughts on that. How do you separate? Is it just your particular issue? Because I know some people who still low-key want to jam that R. Kelly. It's really, really tough to separate art from the artist. And it's almost like you don't want to know too much. Because if I find out certain things about you as a player, if I find out about your politics, then that ruins the enjoyment of the game. If I don't, if I don't like you, I don't, I don't like how you think. I don't like what you stand for. I don't really want to. I'm not going to support you, and I don't want to watch you. So all of those things come into play. Give me your thoughts. Eight three two nine four one six six one four. Looking for those responses. Well, let's shift gears. Sort of dial it back a little bit, and let's get into some sports entertainment with our very own Life on Lock segment that we call Sports E. This week in sports, entertainment is for entertainment. Hey, hey, everybody! I hope your day is going well and just got a little better now that you're listening to Sports E with Life on Lock. Now, as a true sports fan, I know y'all remember the unstoppable duo of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Well, it looks like the duo has reincarnated itself in a way that no one really saw coming. According to TMZ, Larsa Pippen, Scottie Pippen's ex-wife, was seen booed up with Michael Jordan's son, Marcus Jordan. Now, apparently the two were caught on camera, face-to-face talking, slow dancing, and even snuggling into each other's necks. So I guess it's true when they say true love can happen right under your nose. In other news, we all know that Ime Udoka, former head coach of the Celtics, was found cheating on Nia Long with a female staffer. Now, the fact that he cheated on the Nia Long was more than enough to break the internet for quite a few days. I mean, everybody was in an uproar, including me. But reports show that apparently he is a serial cheater and has had several affairs throughout his relationship with Nia. Now, Nia was recently seen out and about with her son, and, you know, she's doing as well as anyone can considering the circumstances. But she told reports that she felt blindsided by the whole thing, especially since she recently moved her and her son to Boston to be closer to Ime. And the worst part about it all to me is that apparently the woman that he had the affair with was actually known to Nia personally and she even helped her move to Boston and involved with a lot of their team travel related issues as well. So it just kind of felt like she was kind of plotting the whole time. And so I just feel really bad for Nia and really bad for just her son and everybody involved in the situation. And let's just keep her in our thoughts and prayers because that can't be easy to go through publicly. But on a positive note in the basketball 
basketball community, it looks like Joel Embiid is officially a U.S. citizen. Yes, the 76ers power forward is a Cameroonian descent, but he was recently sworn in Philadelphia and told reports that he feels blessed to be living here and being an American. And speaking of American dreams, it feels like a lot of Americans have been living in one ever since the news dropped that Rihanna will be performing at the Super Bowl. Now, many have been awaiting on the return of Rihanna's musical hits, and reports show that Rihanna and her boyfriend ASAP Rocky were on the move last Monday night heading into an NYC studio session together. And of course, no one can be sure, but I mean, the timing is pretty peculiar considering that the Super Bowl is coming up. So is she dropping a new song? I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. But we'll be sure to keep you guys updated on that and much more in sports entertainment news right here next week on Sports E. Thanks so much, Life Unlocked, for that. And I'll tell you what, you're talking about a victim. Scottie Pippen is a victim, but you have to know your personnel. You have to know who you're fooling with. Nonetheless, uh, hey, going to take a timeout and then hear from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, Terrence Harris, coming up on the other side, and Lamont Ward. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anyway, you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. If you're a fledgling artist, a rapper, a DJ, a banjo player, I always bring up the banjo, you can hit us up at music at wadeswordproductions.com. That's music at wadeswordproductions.com. Email us. The genre doesn't matter. Hey, if it's good, if it's not good, whatever it is, we'll play it. I mean, I'm not going to critique your music or your performance, but whatever it is, we'll try to work it in. And the thousands of folks who come into contact with this podcast can hear you do your thing. Thanks, DJ Anarchy. We certainly appreciate that. A couple things. Dallas Cowboys. 
quarterback controversy? Mm, I think not. But you guys are talking about them. And they keep winning. So good for them. It's some crazy stuff happening in the NFL, man. I just, you know, we'll dive more into that as the season progresses. College football, man, TSU had that game won. And, again, Eddie and his team, they were really physical. Not talented. Not an extremely talented team. I know he'll get there. He has a ton of recruits that are coming in. Big matchup for Prairie View. Bubba McDowell hosts Coach Eric Dooley and the Southern Jags in PV. That should be an interesting game as well. So, HBCU football, the swag is doing its thing. So, that's an exciting thing going on now. Want to get into our conversation with the guy from the Defender Network. Special Teams Unit, our very own Terrence Harris. It's been a minute, man. It's a crazy NFL season. We got postseason baseball. We got basketball. What a great time of year. How exciting is this time of year for you as a sports guy? Man, this is it's exciting and it's exhausting because you know you're one person. You're trying to be someone everywhere. You can't be everywhere, but yeah, I mean, you got the Astros playing well, look, looking like you know they'll they'll you know they'll contend again this year for a World Series title. You got the the Rockets about to start. You got the Texans doing I don't know what you know, but you know it's, it's a lot going on. And then you got the colleges and everybody's kind of doing stuff. So I mean, so it's, it's an exciting time for sure. Well, a couple of things around the NFL, and you know, I mentioned this to you off the air, but it's in your contract that if you're on, we have to talk about the Cleveland Browns. But let's have a wider conversation about the AFC North. Who wants to win that division? What do you think about the AFC North? Well, I mean, you know, you would have thought after what Cincinnati did last year and with Joe Burrow back, you would think that, you know, that you're kind of running away with it, but they aren't. That's the reality. Defensive coordinators have kind of caught up with him, apparently, and what, what the Bengals are doing offensively. You know, the Ravens, you you would think, would be a little bit better, too, with Lamar. Last week, I mean, they had some, some costly mistakes at the end there that cost them. Pittsburgh, you know, they're rebuilding. I mean, they're starting with, with a new quarterback, trying to figure that one out, trying to see if the young kid is going to be the guy. Uh, he came in, I think, and threw like three interceptions last week. That's yeah, that a was an unfortunate. Well, it, yeah, and I looked at those, and a lot of that – wasn't really his fault. Like, Claypool went up for a pass. You got to bring that in, Claypool. If you're supposed to right. be that guy, that one wasn't on the quarterback. The Frymouth one, I don't think that that was on the quarterback either. So, I mean, yeah, you're right, though. Just just aesthetically, you can't look at a three-interception performance and be like, yeah. Uh. Yeah, that's, that's not how you want to start, you know, start to tenure out. Right. And and so you know, so they, they got that. And Trubisky definitely is not the answer. So if you're gonna lose, you might as well lose with the young kid. Let him learn and get better. I mean, if you if you know you're gonna struggle, you might as well struggle and grow. Have you watched any of Pittsburgh to see like what what's? I mean, obviously they're not getting the quarterback play. Are they running the ball well? Are they able to run? What I mean, you I mean, have Najee Harris. If you don't, if you don't have the deep threat, it's hard to really run the ball effectively. And then you know they're they're missing uh, the white boy, so you know he he does so much for them up front defensively. I think the, a lot of teams can run on them. I mean, you know, as you saw, you know, with the Browns. So it's um they just got some issues, man. It's it's gonna be a t- it's gonna be a long year for the Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and I love it. What about your team? What about the Browns? My team, I mean, you know, man, right now, to be honest with you, I just, I want to, I want to see us stay scrappy, win some games. I mean, you know, and, and that's what we've done so far. We've had a chance to win every game we've played. This, we could be 4-0 and 
as easily as easily as we're two and two, we could be four and zero if a play or two had gone our way. And we're doing that with a backup quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. Well, definitely serviceable. I mean, he still is a backup quarterback. Deshaun Watson comes into the building on Monday and start, and he'll start working with the team. I mean, of course, he he won't be eligible to play until you know that December fourth game against. So wait a minute. Against, the terms the of his, he could come in and actually practice before the end of the suspension. I, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't so know yeah, the terms of yeah, the they can start working with him, so he he re-enters the building on Monday. Okay. So there's going to be some optimism, a lot of excitement there, because it, it lets you know how how much closer it is. But you got to start moving him in a direction of getting ready to play. You can't just say on you know the end of November, hey, come on in and get ready for, to play a game on December fourth. I mean, you can't do that to him. Right. So right. They're going to give him some time to get acclimated, get ready. You know, that's exciting. I think for Cleveland fans. But, I mean, I think the Browns, you, you would like to see uh, the, the defense play a little bit better. Uh, you would like to see the head coach, you know, who calls offensive plays, you know, maybe do a little bit better also. I mean, because the rushing attack cannot be stopped with Chubb and Kareem. But this guy keeps trying to throw the football all over the place with a backup quarterback. And so I think, you know, that's, that's some of our issue as well. Uh, some decisions that have been made that sometimes leave you scratching your head. You know, we had the kicker, you know, a couple weeks ago, missed an extra point after making, like, the game win a 65-yard field goal, you know, the week right. before. Uh, and then, you know, and just all of that disaster that happened towards the end of that game. Against the Jets, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're playing down to the competition or or whatever because, again, they lose Atlanta and the Jets, so – but let me ask you, Miles Garrett, uh, what was the deal behind that the the car wreck, the single car accident? He flipped his vehicle. He was speeding, man. I saw him <laughs> just speeding, just doing reckless stuff. You know these, you know these young people, man. They, Is they he a low think... key problem for that team? I mean, obviously no, you remember the no, the, not, no, the Mason no, Rudolph no. stuff, and is he? I mean, you know, he's he early on. He got a lot of unnecessary penalties. I mean, is he low key a, a problem? Man, he child? is fine. I mean, I will take some of the issues that he has for the playmaking ability that he has. <laughs> I mean, this this guy is you know is 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 a superstar in this league. He just has to continue to play that way. But I mean, so I, I'll deal with these little headaches here and there, uh, you know, to, it, you know, to keep him. I mean, I'm not, I'm not ready to buy any by by any stretch of the imagination to, to wash my hands of Miles Garrett. And I hope nobody in Cleveland is thinking that craziness either. So, you know, so let me stuff ask happens. You, right. And let me ask you about our team here in Houston, the, the Houston football franchise, Ooh. the Texans. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, oh, you've seen man. them up close. What do you think? I'm, and, and, what do you think? Give I think that thoughts. they drafted well this past year. Yeah, you got to be excited about the two young guys on the back end. God, Petrie they, and, and, of course, Stingley Jr., yeah. Yeah, they, they look phenomenal. They look like they're going to really be great players at some point. Damian Pierce is, is definitely impressive. Yeah, big, uh, big Sunday. Big Sunday for him. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, you know, but they – they do have a huge question mark, and I think that everybody in the, this, all of the decision makers have to by now know that Davis Mills is probably not the guy. Well, here's the deal, for- and this is what I'll say, and I'm certainly not taking up for him because I've seen him miss throws. But if you look at it, he has no real help at the skill position. You got a journeyman in Brandon Cooks who can who can fly, 
And then you have what? You have a rookie running back that's starting to emerge. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. We don't know yet. Jury's still out on him. And then who? who? Nico Collins. You got uh, tight ends. I mean, a bunch of tight ends. Nobody is a, a standout tight end. You got an older O.J. Howard. I mean, like, they have nothing at the skill positions. So, I don't know that you can even really tell what you have in him because you have nobody that can get open. But you have enough, and you, I think you've seen enough of him. And then also, the, the, the way that you win in the NFL today and, 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 and is you really need a quarterback. That, that stand-in-the-pocket type guy is not going to win you a whole bunch of games in the NFL consistently. You need a guy that can, you know, when – when things break down, he can maybe do some things with his legs. Uh, you, you need some talent. And it's, it's a couple guys uh, who will be coming out this upcoming year <laughs> who I think can give them – will give his offense what it needs as it as it takes time to, to you know, to get the pieces in place, uh, you know. And, uh, and so that's what you need. I mean, sometimes I think Davis Mills has gotten a raw deal because he – keep in mind that we all have to remember this. This guy is a third-round draft pick. Those quarterbacks normally don't show up on the field until maybe second or third year. Right, and he was thrown you know, to the that, wolves pretty. And early. he was thrown, yeah, he was thrown out there immediately. I mean, you don't. He ain't Joe Montana. Yeah, and he make like I said, I I saw him miss some throws, and I'm like, and of course he's starting to turn over the ball, which he really didn't do a lot of last year. He didn't. He wasn't a turnover machine, but he he's been turning it over over the last couple of games, but. Yeah, and you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I think they're a couple of years away from being a couple of years away unless they do the Jacksonville kind of model where that Jacksonville defense is just balling out of control. I mean, one of the best uh, scoring defenses in the AFC. I think only Buffalo uh, has had a fewer points scored against them. So Jacksonville, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm surprised, but those first-round draft picks on the defensive side are paying off, and now you have a legitimate coach. Let me ask you this. What else stood out to you on the AFC side? And then we'll talk a little bit about the NFC. I would say that, I mean, maybe look at the AFC West isn't quite what we thought it was going to be. Yeah, Um, with the Raiders. I I think that that that's probably stood out to me, you know, a lot. I mean, you know, we're we're about to see Bill Belichick probably really struggle. Um, And, you know, and up until a couple weeks ago, we – we were a little bit surprised at Miami. We, Miami was showing up to maybe be a little bit better than anybody thought they could be. But I think, you know, what what happened with Tua and how they've handled that, I think it's just kind of it's kind of cast a a cloud over that 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 team. And I think they're going to struggle, you know, probably going forward. I, I but you know, I hope you don't not, think Bridgewater like- could do a, a Brissett like job. You don't think he can hold it down for? Because I would I would assume that two is going to be out for about three or four weeks. I would I would think. With all no, eyes I on him, we won't ever see him play football again. Oh, he's gonna. Oh, no, he's he'll be back. He's fine. I think he'll be fine, but he it won't be, be because of the circumstances involved. He won't play for about a month, three weeks, a month. He says right now he's fine, but he, of course they're not gonna clear him to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're not. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that you know they they have that can be an interesting team if if, if Tua comes back and and he's he's able to you know to to shake all of that that's going on. I mean, I think that they could kind of pick things back up. And in the meantime, Bridgewater's a, a definitely, a, he should be a capable, 
kind of guy that can, you know, that can do some stuff for you. But we don't know. I mean, because Teddy's been good. Teddy's not been so good. So right, right. He turned, you, you, yeah. d- you just got it depends on what you're going to get there. I, I tell you another big surprise. Uh, well, I guess that's not, but that's not the AFC. But I was going to talk about my boy Baker, man. You what know, about I, he about to be out the league? Is that what you're talking dude, about? I mean, God, I mean, man, <laughs> that Baker you know, Mayfield. You talk about a guy that I just feel bad for sometimes because I just don't feel like he's really been able to, uh, you know, acquit himself the way that he needs to. Because I mean, there's no talent in the, on, on that Charlotte team. Well, you got or McCaffrey. The, I mean, the Carolina team. I mean, there's no McCaffrey no MVP candidate if he can stay healthy, but he can't stay healthy. Yeah, like I said, he's not. He can't stay healthy, so you can't count on him. Yeah. So he ain't got no running game. He ain't got no receivers. I don't. The offensive line don't look like it's really that great either. I mean, but <laughs> yeah. So I mean, every. So yeah, he should be the worst pass. Had the worst pass rating in the league. I mean, you know, he ain't got nothing to work with unless he can throw the ball to himself. I mean, yeah. so you know, I, I think that you know, I feel for Baker. I mean, you know, um, in a lot of because I. I I didn't say I didn't, I've been on record of saying I liked him in Cleveland. I'm re- I remember you said it on this until, show <laughs> until we got the shine. <laughs> and then at that point, it's not that I disliked him, but I understood. Hey, we upgraded the position. So when you upgrade the position, dude, sorry, peace out. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, ain't no loyalty in this game. So yeah. So I just think um, I think that you know he's. History probably is not going to judge him well, but I, I hope he gets one more shot. And with him and his agent, if they're really smart, at this point what they look for is a great backup situation where it's a good team. Yeah. And in hopes that, you know, like when he goes there, that the, the, the number one quarterback gets hurt and then he can play. And then you, you see him in a talented offense. And now we can make a real evaluation on whether or not this guy, you know, really has what it well, takes. Well, he had talent play. in Cleveland. Now. You know he did. With, I mean, obviously, they couldn't work out the Odell situation. And, he was. and keep in mind, he the people keep forgetting this. I mean, you know, he took us to the playoffs a couple years ago, and we won a playoff game. We beat, we beat Pittsburgh pretty handily. So, you know, this guy, and, the, and, we, once, and we were in pretty much every game that we played. It was just that we couldn't make the play that we needed at the end, and that's so essential in this game. Right. And, and that's what Baker still has yet to prove he can do. But now it's looking like he can, he, he's having to prove whether he can play or not. But I think last year just became dysfunctional. I think, uh, with, uh, the other stuff with Odell Beckham. And, and once again, I'm just sometimes really disappointed in how, how, uh, Stefanski calls offensive plays. I mean, and, and he has the most unstoppable running game that they, he just leaves it, you know, just forgets about it sometimes. Yeah, well, like I said, it's a, a lot of football. It's been a surprising year. I mean, I think if you look at the NFC East, and all of a sudden, man, the Cowboys 3-1, the Eagles 4-0, the Giants 3-1, that's crazy. But, yeah, it's it's a, a wild year, and it's, it's certainly not going how people thought it would go. Let me ask you this about the college football scene U of H not doing well, A&M not doing well. Of course, at Texas Southern, we have our struggles. What's your take on the local college or the even the state college scene? What are you, what are you thinking about uh, Texas collegiate football this year? 
Well, I mean, it's certainly not anything to get you know overly excited about. That's for that's for sure. What's wrong with uh, U of you of know, H? What, what what's going on with Hogerson over there? I mean, you know, you tell me. I mean, I I think that you know, to me, I never really quite got the fascination with that guy. Uh, you know, other if you if you weren't bringing Mike Leach, then then, then move. On. Let's move on because I mean, you know, you. <laughs> Mike Lee, that's his offense, and he, you know, he does it better than anybody else. Uh, and so, I don't know. I just think that Dana has just always been an odd kind of guy, and I, and, and I don't know that he really can can captivate that team the way that it does. But I mean, but he, he, he you know, but you got to keep in mind the money man hired him, and so the money man wants to still support him, and I, and so I, I guess it's he'll probably good, keep his job. Yeah, not a good look trying to head into the Big Twelve next year. Yeah, but I mean, but if, if the guy that's, that's writing all of the checks over there is, is 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 saying, hey, this is still my guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's yeah. it's kind of you know what are you gonna do? I just, I, but I also think that having a booster be that vocal, that visible is always dangerous for the program too. I mean, you know, you might like his checks, but those checks can come with some headaches and and <laughs> and, and, and my boosters and I as, as the athletic director, I would be like, dude, I never want you doing that to the, with the media. I'm sorry. The president and the AD need to have sit down with Fertitta and be like, uh uh-uh. uh. Because you can you're undermining them. Right. And 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 it could also eventually, you know, it, it could erode the program. I mean, you know, U of H, I mean, there's so much talent here. They don't even need they don't even need a recruiting budget, really. You right, know, there's right. so much talent sitting right here in their backyard. But I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you Dana's run off a lot of people uh, over the years, run off quarterbacks, as we know. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. and so I think it just it, it catches up with you after a while. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Hopefully, they'll get it turned around. But uh, I, it, it, they just don't seem to have the momentum that they should have. Uh, you know, heading into the Big Twelve. So what are you writing about these days? What's uh, what's on your mind? What's on your on your computer screen? What are you typing up these days? Well, I mean, like I just actually, I mean, it's funny you we, we mentioned that um, uh, U of H because I just did a story that's that's running tomorrow on Tayshawn Henry, uh, the the the, uh, the running back who transferred in a couple of years ago from Tech, and you know he's he's from Houston. This is his senior year, and you know he's never really been given that opportunity to be the guy. And finally, he this is his opportunity, and he's excited about it. I mean, it has it hasn't started as fast as probably he would like, uh, but you know he's he's had a, a one pretty good game, a couple okay games. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But I mean, but that's that's the story for tomorrow. Um, that, that'll be in tomorrow's newspaper. Uh, then you know we'll we'll take a look. Cause I mean, you know, like I think a lot of people are, you know, we're not talking about Brittany Grinder enough right now. Well, so, I mean, I don't know I, what, what what can what can anyone do at this point? I, and, and I understand that, and I understand everybody's frustration. I don't think that there's anything that public opinion. I don't. You're dealing with a tyrant over there in Putin. I, I don't know that there's anything you can do to help that cause. Well, you know, but you got to keep trying. That's the whole thing, though. You know, you can't just give up. You can't just say, "Hey," you know. So you got to. Make sure that this country is continuing to do everything it can through diplomacy uh, to to see if they can work something out. I mean, you know, and you want to make sure that they are. I mean, she's about to go through the appeals process there, and I don't think anybody should be overly hopeful about it. That anything is yeah. going to be over, overturned. I mean, I, you know, once again, she's a. This is not about 
you know, that oil or whatever it is. Right. This is, she, she's a political prisoner. I mean, let's, let's keep it real. I mean, and so. Yeah, I agree with you. It's just you know. that I, and I'm sure that the State Department is doing whatever they're doing, but if you dealing with a guy that's, he's killing babies and old people and everybody else, I mean, he's committing war crimes. He don't give a damn. I mean, he doesn't give a damn about hurt feelings about Brittany Griner. That, you know, and, and so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, like you said, you, you have to keep it in the forefront, but I just don't know what, what can be done when, when such a complicated situation you know, for her in the immediate uh, future, yeah. especially with him not doing well. They're not even doing well in the war. So, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. How can folks reach you on social media? Man, come on, check me out on Twitter at Terrence Harris. Uh, I'm there. I'm talking. I, you know, come talk with me. Come come, come debate with me, whatever, you know. Come holler at your uh, boy, huh? <laughs> yeah, holler at me, whatever, man. I'm down. Hey, man, we appreciate the time, and we'll catch up with you real soon. All right, bro. To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. Thanks, Terrence Harris, for joining us as always. And you can hit him up on social media and engage him. He would like that. So uh, do that if you get a chance. Well, with that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preserver and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports we deem to be the big dummy. Well, I'm old enough to remember people who, and, and I'm sure there's still people like this, but anytime something horrific happens, like a natural disaster or some crazy news story, they say, hey, you know, we're in end times. So, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, these are our last days before he comes back. Well, I tell you what, this is one of those stories in the world of sports. It rocked the world of fishing, tournament fishing, and that in itself rocked me. This is from a CBS story about this situation. Situation. Quote, a Lake Erie fishing tournament ended with the event's original winners caught up in a cheating controversy. On Friday, the Lake Erie Walleye Trail fishing tournament in Ohio crowned Chase Kaminsky and Jake Runyon winners after the weigh-in. But in a video posted to the tournament's Facebook page, one of the contestants appears to question the results on stage before the video is cut off. Another video widely shared online captures chaos erupting after one of the winner's fish is sliced open and found to be stuffed with lead weights and other fish fillets. One by one, the contestants' other fish are gutted. Each of them revealed it contained items stuffed inside to add weight to the catches. The man who cut open the fish can be heard screaming, We got weights in the fish! And yelling at one of the two alleged cheaters, Get out of here! End quote. So, of course, uh, there was dramatic footage showing the increasingly outraged crowd <laughs> gathering around these guys. They were going to get these guys. I think they had to be escorted out. But that is, uh, that's where we are now in society. Cheating at a fish tournament. So, the concept of a fishing tournament, I, I have to admit, I'm not outdoorsman. So, the concept of a fishing contest is kind of different to me anyway. So, what do you, you have to pick the right spot? 
Do you, you have to kind of know where the fish are hungry? Do you have to have a certain kind of uh, what, what do you call it? The, the thing on the, the to attract attention? Uh, I don't forget what it's called, but like a little worm, not a worm, but what the the rubber things that they use. See, I don't even know, and it's not my world, and I understand that. And I, if you are a fisherman, I apologize for offending you. I have gone fishing. I have cousins. I have a cousin that loves to fish. I, mean, I know PC, Pat Coleman, he loves to, I mean, I know a lot of people who love fishing, and I've gone freshwater and saltwater fishing. And while I'm out there, I enjoy it. I'm not sure I want to add a competitive uh, sort of aspect to that. But the fact that we have cheating in a fish tournament means that, hey, we're, we're at the end times. We're, 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 hey, we're in our last days. But if you cheat at a fish tournament, you, Chase Kaminsky, and Jake Runyon are big dummies. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> So now my question is, does this commonly happen? Is this a thing that happens? You would think, okay, fishermen and outdoorsmen are supposed to be pillars of the community. And I know I'm generalizing just inappropriately, but they're supposed to be good guys that are just, you know, salt of the earth and they love being one with the environment. And now you got cats out here cheating at fish tournaments. What, where do we go from here? I mean, we have forest fires burning up California. Everything is drying up. We have hurricanes that are uh, 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 category six. We have 90 degree winters all over America. And now we have cheating at fishing tournaments. But I don't know what to say about that, but we just have to hang on and hold on and look up for leadership. I don't know. I don't know. We just have to figure this thing out. But uh, with that, that'll wrap things up. But before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to thank Terrence Harris. Want to thank Life on Lock. Want to thank our sponsors, Cobank Homes and Brighter Brains. Want to thank Melanie and Purnell for checking in. Want to thank you guys for listening. Want to remind you, you can give us a call 24 hours a day on the sports line, 832-941-6614, 832-941-6614. You can find me on the Facebook group, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group on Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Wadesworth. And if you can't remember any of those things please remember these four things number one i don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening two i ain't got no money three i'm not harboring any fugitives from justice and four bye this has been the sports talk with devin wade podcast remember you can follow him on twitter at wade's word thank you for listening